Hello everyone and uh, welcome back to another episode of our podcast The News Cocktail. I'm your host Yash and with me I have Siddharth. As you probably know by now we're both chartered accountants. In this episode we would specifically like to talk about Anugrah Shares and Brokers Private Limited, the name which has been, you know, doing the rounds of news for some time now. And this is another scam that is, uh, you know, hit the streets of Mumbai. So we'll be discussing that today in its uh, entirety. Yes, and uh, you know, I recently just finished watching the Netflix documentary, which is called Bad Boy Billionaires. I, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this also have watched the show, watched the <laughs> documentary. My mind is just rolling with stories of con artists. And <laughs> Anugrah is a recent addition to that list. You know, it's a classic case of how investors can so easily be fooled because, you know, An- Anugrah is alleged of a fraud of close to... 1000 crore not a small amount by any means and you know the question remains how did the investors get duped you know how did they fall for this scam how did they lose their money and this is what we'll try to explain in this episode yeah but wait that let's take the listeners through some terms first because i think that you know knowing these terms will help help in understanding the entire case a bit bit better oh yeah yeah our basic say seek section <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first term which we would like to discuss is options. Now to understand this term, let's consider a case. Okay, uh, so let's say there is a guy named Baburao, and <laughs> he's a Kirana sh- shop owner. He trades basically in the rice rice commodity. So one day he goes to his shop, and while he's just scrolling through his you know laptop, he's watching the weather forecast. That's when he comes across this report. That report says that monsoon is going to be great this time. Now, Baburao thinks that if, you know, there's a great monsoon, so the prices of rice might fall because, you know, the rice actually needs a lot of water to grow. So if there's a great monsoon, the prices might fall. And he starts thinking, he starts searching for a way by which he can protect himself, the stock which he holds against future price drops. I mean, first of all, I think Baburao is a very interesting name. And also a Kirana shop owner going through weather forecast on his laptop. We basically, we are seeing a very futuristic India here. We have gone like 20 years into the future. So that is what Babura is doing. But there is another character who is called Raju in our story, who has heard from a friend whose astrologer basically told him that, you know, monsoon might not be very good this time. So they were just going through the patris and the astrological things. (laughs) And they found out that monsoon was not going to be good this time. So Raju thinks that, you know, the prices of rice may rise. Fortunately for Raju, he meets Baburao and Baburao lists his concerns to him. So, you know, these two names, Baburao and Raju, these two remind me of a movie, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So getting back to our example, Raju tells him that, you know, let's do one thing. The current selling price of rice is around 50 rupees per kg. Okay. I will fix that price for you. That way, even if the prices fall, I will pay you the difference. And, uh, you know, Baburao on the other hand thinks that what a great man Raju is. And he (laughs) thanks him. He thanks Raju. And he stands up to move. When Raju says stop, he tells Baburao that Baburao needs to pay a premium of rupees 5,000, which will be obviously a non-refundable deposit sort of a thing. And then Baburao and Raju can do the contract and they can fix the prices 50 rupees. And Raju will do the trade for 10,000 kgs of rice. 
Now, Baburao thinks that it is still profitable. Why? Because uh, he is under the expectation that prices will fall. Even if the prices fall by 1 rupees, Baburao will save in all 10,000 rupees. Because, you know, 10,000 kg is 1 rupee per kg price drop. So, he will save at 10,000 rupees approximately. So, in the net, he will be in a gain of 5,000 rupees. So, he agrees to that. But Baburao also has one condition. He says that as Raju will anyways get the, you know, deposit or let's say the premium which he got, Baburao says that I will come to you only if the prices fall below 50 rupees. If they rise, I will not come to you. I'll come only if they fall. Hmm. And a month later, it rains cats and dogs. I mean, you know how Mumbai rains are, right? <laughs> and our dear friend Raju is sweating because next day, Baburao comes to him with a big smile plastered on his face and a newspaper in his hand, which says that the rice prices fell by 3 rupees per kg. So, Basically, what this means is that Raju now has to pay around 30,000 rupees to Baburao and he just made 5,000 rupees in premium. So he lost net 25,000 rupees. And, you know, that's when Baburao tells him <laughs> that, you know, you should not trust astrologers and gossip news to make financial decisions. Don't be a Raju, be a Baburao. <laughs> true, true. So actually what happened in this story, so let's go to it bit by bit. So it was just a contract that took place because, you know, the parties to the contract, they had opposing expectations. Raju was thinking that the prices will go up while Barbara was thinking that they will come down. So basically the entire concept, which we discussed in the example, it is called a derivative contract where the contract basically derives or takes its value from some other asset, in which in our case was rice. Think about it. In the example which we talked about, why was Raju actually paying Baburao? He was not interested in taking the delivery of rice. He mm. was just interested in making profits or losses basis the price fluctuations of rice. So the contract which they did, that contract was taking value from the prices of rice. Yeah, and this is just one example of a derivative contract out there. This is an example of a put option. It gives one person, Baburao in our case, a right to sell any commodity, which is rice in our example, to any other person, Raju, at a fixed price, 50 rupees. Okay. Exact opposite of this is called a call option, which gives a person a right to buy. Okay. So now parties may agree on actual transfer of the underlying asset or just settle the price difference. So in real life, what happens is 99% of the times physical delivery of the commodity never happens. Okay. Only the differential amount that is what gets settled and physical delivery is very rare. It never happens. Yeah. I, mean, I think all of this is okay. We, we gave an awesome example. We took the characters from Hera Fairy movie. We <laughs> all of this, but uh, how is this relevant in case of Anugrah? Yeah, so well, basically, Anugra had two sister firms, Tej Mandi Analytics and Om Shri Sai Investments, which we will call TMA and OSSI going forward for practical reasons. And what happened was that these firms, these two sister firms, they approached investors with, you know, stock portfolios and told them that their shares can be given to depositories as collateral or margin to do derivative trading. Because when you're doing derivative trading, you need to put some money as collateral. Yeah, true. Uh, so a quick explanation here. My friend used the term called depository. So a depository is basically an entity which maintains DMAT accounts. So in today's online world, there is no concept of physical share certificates, which used to be there earlier. So just as you deposit a cash into your bank account and as soon as it gets deposited, it turns into a number. It's just a digital number. 
So similarly, whenever you buy or sell a share, it gets credited or debited as a number from your DMAT account. And that DMAT account is maintained in a depository. So in a sense, depositories are very similar to banks. Banks per shares, you can say. Yeah. So coming back to the story, the firms, they started garnering money from investors and taking power of attorney to trade on their behalf. But the key thing to remember here is that, you know, even after getting the power of attorney from a client, you need their final consent before you can make any trade. This is very important because, you know, when we will later break it down, we will specifically explain what went wrong. So keeping their clients' shares as security, these firms got margin to trade in derivatives and, you know, they promised high returns to investors by dabbling in derivatives, usually nifty options. Interestingly, you know, the company's annual report for financial year 1920 shows that the company has delivered approximately 19% annualized return over the past 11 years. I mean, that is practically unheard of. And you know, that is when people started thinking there's something fishy is going on here. True, true. I mean, this return is very, very high. If you consider, you know, similar investments or similar indexes or mutual funds, whatever you may take. So the, the scheme, how they were able to do it was the scheme basically worked on a model where old investors were paid out of new investors money, which you can classically call a Ponzi scheme. If there was a shortfall, let's say the old investors were to be paid 10,000 rupees and new investors brought only 5,000. So what the firms did would, they actually sold in the money options where the underlying, the asset, which in our case was rice, here the asset was Nifty 50 index. What does this sell in the money option mean? So basically this means that whoever is selling the option, he thinks that the prices will move as per his or her expectations and he will get to keep the option premium because whoever is buying the option, if the prices rise, he will never come to him to, you know, actually exercise his option. He will just mm-hmm. go to market and sell it over there. So that's why the firms thought that they will get to keep the option premium. Yeah, but this derivative advisory service was unauthorized because, you know, it was not approved by investors. They never gave the power of attorney to Anugra and its sister firms to execute trades on their behalf. And it was just for security purposes. And actually what happened was NSC shut down the trading rights of OSSI, which handled around 165 crore of clients' money. The bigger question actually remains is how TMI, which has approximately 800 crore of clients' money, was missed by NSC's scrutiny. That's a very big question. Yeah, true, true. So basically, the thing remains very clear here. The shares, the clients entrusted to their broker and they gave the power of attorney to, you know, keep the shares as a security, as a margin. And the stockbroker, clearly he misused his power of attorney. So yeah, yeah, anyways, moving forward, uh, the firms actually started incurring losses because, you know, these derivatives are very highly volatile, you know, market segment. Then came into picture another entity named Edelweiss Custodian Services Limited, which actually held the client stocks on Anugrah's behalf and what this entity did was it sold off the securities to cover the losses of the stockbroker. Now here Anugrah and its director what they are saying that if the money in their accounts was not enough to cover their losses Edelweiss should have asked them for more money or they <laughs> should have you know utilized the bank guarantee which was deposited with them. Only after that they should have actually sold off the securities they should have you know exercised these two options first. I think, you know, Anugra's directors, they need to get a class in stock market operations because, you know, the custodian is not going to wait for you. It's not going to wait for you to give your money to the custody. It's going to sell off. You know, they they have to cover their losses. The custodian is never going to take the loss. And 
anyways i i don't think you know even if what the directors are saying it would have mattered because edelweiss even if they asked for extra margin there was no money even if edelweiss would have gone for the bank guarantee i i don't think the directors would have been able to give more money so you know that's why the shares of the clients were sold and additionally this is very important anugrah sent fake contract notes to investors to hide the fact that their shares have been sold so whenever you trade in the market you get contract notes right anugrah sent fake contract notes to its clients so they they never knew what the actual position was and one day one of the investors checked their demat accounts and the shares were just not there yeah true and as my friend explained a contract note is basically the entire it, it's a similar to a bank statement for a day it tells you what you have done in that particular day the buying and selling of your stocks i am moving forward so now none of the investors actually know where the money is whether all of it was lost in derivatives or it was diverted to some other entity or some other sector the directors of anugrah actually both all the directors of anugrah as well as its uh, sister firms they have many ties to real estate firm all of this you can see on an mc website they, it can tell you where all these you know people are directors or promoters all of that you can see on an mc website yeah but if the money was lost in derivatives like even if we take the other scenario where we are saying that they lost the money how could any trade be so bad that you know you lost around 1000 crore rupees of the clients i mean they surely made some very bad trades i mean the entire premise the entire point of options trading is to limit your losses so i think they made a series of bad decisions and they lost the money i mean if they lost the money then they made a lot of bad decisions well you are right in saying that you know the whole point of options is to limit your losses uh what one possible explanation which comes to my mind again this is what i think it, it's that you know this this can be the case where the firms would have sold a nifty put option in february 2020 you know because between february 3 and 20 in between this 16 17 days nifty had jumped approximately 400 points so if i am you know selling a put option i am thinking that prices will keep on going upwards mm-hmm. and whoever has actually done the option contacts with me he will never come to exercise the option so the expectation here was that prices will rise further so they would they when i say i mean anugrah and their sister firms they will keep to get the money they've gotten as an option premium that will be their uh, pure gain but what actually happened was around 21 and 22nd february the stock market came crashing down because of this covid news and uh, you know these lockdowns and all and in that scenario it might have happened that the firms and you know the directors would have incurred huge losses yeah and what yash said here is just a speculation this is basically what we thought of in in the case that they lost the money this is something that could have happened this is just a speculation and we don't know what actually happened and you know we just have to wait i mean for actual developments to come out for further events we have to wait for the news to come out of you know where the money is actually so this is just a speculation true. but there is a high probability that what yash said could be the case true true and we will keep track of it from our side and we'll discuss the developments as and when they come but this is all for this episode from our side do let us know your feedback and suggestions at podcast.newscocktail@gmail.com if you want to read on the case in detail uh, you can follow moneylife.in they have been covering the this topic in depth for a few weeks now and we'll also put some links in the description so you can check that out yeah so please stay safe take care and uh, see you